Hello and welcome to Automators, the automation podcast about making everything be productive on your behalf so you can just sit back and relax the entire time. I am Rosemary Orchard and joined as always by my pal David Sparks. Hey David, how are you? I am great, Rose. Good talking to you. We have a guest today too. We do. Welcome back to the show, Scotty Jackson. Hi folks. Thanks for having me back. I it is it is lovely to be here. The room is just exactly as I left it. I feel like I feel like I didn't miss a beat. Well, we replaced the couch, but we got an exact copy, so you can't tell. Mm. But you know, mm-hmm. yep, yep. Uh, after that incident with the extra dogs in here, um, Ashoka had a little accident, but you know, it's all yeah. it's all good. Wait, you know. wait a second. Do not besmirch my dog. You can't do that. Ashoka I, doesn't. I, have I, I I think she just got very excited when chasing yeah. an invisible squirrel. She did yesterday find a box of tissue, which uh, is her is her kryptonite. Tissues are she oh, does like to destroy those. But either way, uh, we do like to talk about automation here, too. And um, Scotty, they, it's great having you back on the show. We had you earlier. Uh, but, you know, you've been really busy lately with some of your audio stuff, with some of your focus stuff. And, and we, we just got a whole list here to talk to you about. So, uh, man, thanks for coming on. Before we get into it, I just want to thank everybody who got in on that early discount on the Shortcuts for Mac Field Guide. I really appreciate it. Sales went great. I really appreciate the support. And I'm hearing from a bunch of folks that are automating shortcuts now on the Mac. And uh, and I appreciate that you guys got it and that I'm able to help you out a little bit. And I guess I would add to that, Rose, have you noticed in the um, Ventura beta how much better shortcuts is? It feels to me a lot more stable uh, with the new Ventura. So that's good. It definitely does. And I, I hear from Scotty that he's been having some fun with the betas as well. Um, and hopefully of the good kind uh, recently, Scotty, I've not spoken to you in a few days about that. Well, I mean, you always put fun in air quotes when you talk about betas. But as as Dev 1 betas go, see, I don't want to jinx it. See, if I say, if I say that as Dev 1 betas go, it's pretty solid. Uh, I'm going to need to run kill all notification center again uh, on my memory. So it's like a three times daily. Uh, event. Well, don't worry about it, man. By, by the time this releases, it'll be on dev uh, development two or three. You know, it, it's going to be a while. Almost certainly. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah. It, it, so now as, as everyone listens to this, they can enjoy probably a public beta too. We're all having a great time on the, on the, all the new betas. Yep. Um, I am loving the emphasis on focus and focus being like sort of a first class citizen now and focus saying, okay, when I'm in this focus, not only do I have like these apps and these notifications, but I have this watch face and I have these home screens and and I, I it feels like a really sort of total way of working now. And I've not mm-hmm. set all of this up the way it will be even for the foreseeable future, but I see so much potential in my ability to make a lot of use out of that. All right, let, let's actually go down that rabbit hole for just a minute, because um, focus is a topic that comes up pretty frequently here, because it is very automation adjacent. I guess I would say, you know, they uh, mm-hmm. they have this focus mode, and, and there are new benefits in the betas. We talked about them in our last episode, but even on the currently shipping version, um, there is a bunch of automation stuff there. Um, what are you doing with focus, and are you incorporating automation into it? Well, yes. Uh, focus being a trigger for shortcuts is huge for me. And, I, and it took me a while to wrap my head around, A, the fact that that exists, and B, okay, so what do I do with that? Mm-hmm. And so I found myself um, being able to set up 
particular focus sessions for myself and have that do things because when the focus goes on, it triggers a shortcut. When the focus goes off, it triggers another shortcut, which is great. So that means uh, that um, for me, not only can I put myself in a situation where I'm in basically do not disturb except for my super favorite people during uh, a certain period of time, but I can also tie that into uh, controlling home accessories with shortcuts. So I've got a Philips Hue Go light on my desk, which is like sort of like a half a sphere uh, that sits up and uh, lights up like a Hue light. So I can have it illuminate in particular colors as a visible sign to me of, okay, Scotty, now is the time in which you're meant to be planning. So see the light, that means plan. Or see this light at the end of the day, that means reflect. And through the magic of the Signals app, which, Rose, you turned me on to, Mm -hmm. uh, there are shortcuts actions that allow you to um, do like some different stuff with your light. So I have it as part of the shortcut, flash the light um, five times uh, and then turn red so that I know, okay, here's the warning, here it comes, and now it's red. So I, I get like this sort of psychological sense of just like in a car driving up to the intersection you know it goes doesn't go from green to red there's an amber moment so that we know okay either slow down and stop or um get myself safely through this intersection and that's what i have my light doing for me and i found that to be enormously helpful because you know rose you and i have discussed you know the effectiveness or not of notifications because they like yeah, I get notified of something and then I swipe to dismiss. Now it's gone. Whoops. So now yeah. I'm not actually going to be really notified or remembering that. And at the same time, it's also like annoying to set up invasive alarms for everything. So I found that like a light as an ambient signal of, hey, Scotty, here's stuff you're meant to do right now has been really, really effective. So, uh, Scotty, not everybody's familiar with the Signals app. Tell us about it more. I'm not going to proclaim to be an expert in the Signals app, but essentially it allows you to create shortcuts actions that tell your light to do stuff. And uh, I think it basically means um, flashing mostly or mm-hmm. um, and you can you can set here's what color, here's the interval at which to flash and here's how long to flash for and so on. Um, I also have a uh, shortcut that I use for um, my son when he's away in his room playing video games and it's time for him to come down uh, I have like lights flashing red and blue like like police it's 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 great <laughs> um and you can of course couple that with other shortcuts actions like play music so we can have some sort of classic by Rick Astley accompanying that flashing lights situation mm-hmm. perhaps which means you know you have crossed the threshold uh, and need to come down for dinner. Uh, we've told you for the last time. This is your this is your final warning, sir. Okay, so the the red and the blue lights are in his room. Yes. Oh, so please. he's got Philips Hue lights that we've put into um, uh, a lamp and uh, uh, and a swag lamp, um, like one on his desk and one hanging. And he's also got uh, strip lights that are uh, plugged into a smart plug. So I have the smart plug go off and on uh, in tandem with the with the lights flashing. It really is quite a um, magnificent and unsettling effect. Uh, I'm 
guessing it grabs his attention, though. So, you know, um, I mean, the only thing that I would add to that is maybe a smart plug on on the video game console so that, you know, if he really is over the threshold, you just kill the power. Um, but that, that's <laughs> okay. possibly going a bit far. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good way to get yourself pushed off a cliff in a wheelchair one day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I mean, I, you know, that 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 will be for the, the after the Rick Astley uh, version. So he knows, you know, like, this is your final warning. I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Don't turn off the Xbox or whatever it is. Um, you know, but yeah, I, I, I like signals for home kit. Micah Sargent is actually the one that turned me onto this because I think the idea is like parents telling their kids it's time for dinner or something, but you can use it with any of your personal shortcuts. It doesn't have home kit. It's not in, in the home automation side of things. When you convert to shortcut in, um, home automations and scenes, that's unfortunately not something that can show up there because it's a personal app on your device, but it will you know, flashlights, and it restores the original color and brightness afterwards as well, um, which is something that is very difficult slash impossible um, to do natively with HomeKit. Um, you know, you would have to take an educated guess as to what the light was supposed to be like before, um, and flashing lights and and or pulsing them, or you can also just have it turn like a certain color for fifteen seconds and then turn back or whatever it is if you if you uh, don't want you know the extra motion effects. Um, but it is a really useful app to just sort of have in, in your in your pocket ready to go. And it works on um, Mac as well as iPhone and iPad, which is a really nice bonus for those of us who want our shortcuts to be everywhere. And it's just so awesome to see this rich ecosystem around HomeKit and mm-hmm. HomeKit adjacent apps. Uh, there's so much to do there. Like if you're just if you're interested in home automation and you're just using the home app, even though it gets better with the next release you're missing out. I mean, and we've talked about on the show, we've, we've done episodes before with all these apps, but it, it is a truly remarkable uh, number one that Apple left the door open for third party developers to get in and, uh, you know, fiddle around with HomeKit, And number two, the, the, the way the developers have delivered the goods on this stuff. Mm-hmm. But we, but we skipped over Scotty. Uh, so we started this conversation around focus. What are the kinds of focus modes that you're using? So like I say, I I think there's a lot of work that I still have to do here, but I do a focus in the morning on weekdays for planning. So when I am in planning, um, my light turns purple to let me know. And I'm basically in do not disturb. I don't think anybody can get a hold of me um, for this 10 minute window of time. And that allows me the time and space to sit down and and write out my calendar and my plan for the day, Um, which I mean... And, and I'll be honest, like this is, this is also the thing that I will like come down the stairs late to my basement office and see the purple light and go, oh my God, yeah, yeah, I know, uh, and skip over it. But the days when I do that, boy, do I ever feel the pain. So um, the purple light helps remind me, no, seriously, Scotty, this is important. I, I lo- Can I just interrupt for a second? I, I love please, that. Please, please. I, I, I think that's such a great idea because this stuff is really hard. But, you know, as people, as people who have done the planning type things, uh, my experience is every time I do it, I get the time back. You know, it's not like it's lost time. You're, you think it's lost time when you're like, oh, Mm -hmm. I got to spend 20 minutes playing my day. But then at the end of the day, you get way more done. It's almost feels like you doubled your time in the day because you planned it. And so it's Mm -hmm. a net positive, but it's so hard to do. So any kind of little hack, whether it's a purple light or a song going off or changing your home screen. I mean, I feel like that element of focus mode 
is there for a reason. And it's a really good way to kind of hack the computer between your ears to actually Mm -hmm. do the work. And uh, I love that, that you put that light on and maybe, you know, you groan at it, but you know, how often does it actually trigger you to do the work? No. Oh, I mean, if, if, if it doesn't trigger me to do the work, it triggers me to groan and know that I'm not doing the work and feel bad about it. So either way, the outcome is good. The light has served its purpose. It has served its purpose to remind me that this is how, this is how my attention is meant to be used right now. Um, And so either I'm honoring it or I'm not, but either way, I am aware of what I am supposed to be doing. Um, And and I think that's great. And I, I love what you said, David, about, uh, the computer between your ears, because, you know, we can talk about automations in HomeKit until um, we're blue in the face because I love this stuff. But to me, the most potent automations are the ones that I make, you know, for myself, by myself to say like my autom- my process is to do this. I write out my plan in this particular way at the beginning of the day and that works. And that so that automation is really around decision automation, I guess, to mm-hmm. say, Here's how I here's how I approach things. So not just have I used like technical automations to turn the light purple. I have used my human brain automations to say, here is what I do when my light is purple. Here is yeah. how I think. Here is what I write. So now I don't have to worry about deciding how do I use this time? How do I go about planning? I have decided how planning is and what I do. So I, I think that is probably the most powerful automation I've got. Yeah, it isn't, you know, we've never really talked about it. This is kind of a crossover to the focus podcast, but automation definitely works on the human. Like the, the idea of picking your clothes the night before. So in the morning, you don't Mm -hmm. have to have that decision fatigue of deciding what you're going to wear. Mm -hmm. And, um, there is a place in computer-based automation to help kind of train yourself to do that. And I hate, I, I know that sounds kind of manipulative, the word train yourself, but I don't really know a better way to straight it. And, you know, you get automation triggers like turning lights on or sending you a reminder. And maybe that's all you need to like make a little progress and just a little progress every day can make a a lot of difference. That is very true. Yeah. I really like, um, you know, the, the include the inclusion of lights, um, into that though, because, you know, you've got your focus modes, which can turn on and off automatically. And so then I guess you're using shortcuts automations to then, um, tie the home kit things into that. So if, you know, if you manually turn on your, 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 uh, planning focus mode, does that also make the light go purple? Uh, yes, it does. Uh, so yeah, the focus, the focus becomes the trigger and then the focus is scheduled. So I, I, that combination is, is really powerful. And now I'll be able to simplify my shortcut as well, because the other thing that the shortcut does is it changes the wallpaper on my phone to purple and it changes my watch to a watch face that is all purple with just hands. And so it, um, I, if I, if I look at my watch, if I look at my phone, I am getting visually reminded all over the place. No, no, it's purple time. So that's purple time is planning time. Um, I, I like and, purple and time. I, I figured I figured you would. I, I kind of chuckled to myself when I when I settled on like purple being a planning color. I thought Rose would probably approve of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but knowing that um, there's some additional focus things coming with iOS 16 and iPad OS 16 and Watch OS 9, I could maybe simplify that a little bit. But um, uh, having that shortcut trigger those different um, states and appearances of my devices. Uh, also, you know, settings in the focus of, okay, no badges, 
badges are yep. all turned off. So even if I've got, you know, 18 unread emails and a couple of unread Twitter DMs, those are not going to appear visibly to me. And I've limited my home screen to a screen that has no icons on it. So all I have right. is the dock. All I have is the dock in big purple. Um, and that is what, again, what reminds me, don't start, you know, getting distracted now, you know, open up calendar, sure, as needed, like a like a good boy, oh, and check in your OmniFocus and look at agenda. Those are the three places that I spend my time those are the three apps that I spend my time in. I would love to see if I could um, have Focus do like a screen time thing where I, where any any other app is locked with a little hourglass thing. I don't know if I can do that or not. Um, I use screen time with my children. I, I hadn't thought of using screen time on myself until just this very moment. So now I've assigned myself homework while thinking out loud. <laughs> I'm not sure you can do that, but uh, that'll certainly be interesting to hear back later on. Uh, one thing, um, so you had said it's all timer based. So are you just using a personal automation that say at a certain time trigger focus mode? Is that the way you're you're doing it? No, in focus you can actually schedule them. So there's actually scheduled That's right. uh, focus. So you can go into yeah. schedule uh, uh, focus, and so my focus uh, planning focus, for example, is scheduled to run from uh, nine a.m. to nine fourteen a.m. Uh, every day. And mm-hmm. so when that, when that, uh, or every weekday, excuse me. Um, and so when that focus activates, that triggers the shortcut. And it also, you know, dictates all of the things that are set within that focus, like here are the home screens and um, here are the people who are allowed to contact me. And I think there are uh, different app allowances as well for, for notifications, but yeah, I've been trying to turn almost every app notification off. Uh, and I've also been toying with the notion of, of, of maybe, maybe my watch is the only place where, uh, where notifications happen. Um, but in, in any case, um, the focus certainly further constrains what I am allowing into my universe in that period of time, because I feel like, you know what, even if something thermonuclear happened at work at the very moment that I triggered, do not disturb a 14 minute response time is still not too shabby. So um, it'll be okay. It'll whatever it is. It'll be okay for fourteen minutes. Yeah, and I think by default, focus modes will do the um, repeated calls are allowed through type thing. So if something was literally on fire and exploding, and somebody called you two or three times, I think it would be three times, and they get through on the third try. But they'd have to call you three times within like a couple of minutes inside of that fourteen minute window which seems pretty unlikely unless, I don't know, I, I don't think you work in a fire department. I've not heard that change happen in your life. Mm. So I'm, I'm guessing it's possibly something slightly less critical than that that could wait, you know, fifteen less than 15 minutes for you to be available again, which is quite nice. Do people call each other? Any, like, I hope that no one ever calls me ever. Like, <laughs> pretty much never. Like, I, like, if the phone rings, it's probably either telemarketing or my mom. Like, so yeah <laughs> a, a phone ringing in general is kind of off-putting now in in this the year 2022 <laughs> uh i mean uh, at work we uh use huddles on slack with each other and so you can just yes. like click on somebody and then hop into a huddle but it doesn't like do a ring sound like you know when you phone somebody and it goes ring ring that sort of thing it just goes and like notifies somebody that somebody wants to huddle with you and they're yeah. that, like, and they pop up in the bottom left, but it's also really easy to ignore if you're focused on something or if you're, you know, busy dealing with other things. It's also very easy to miss if you're totally absorbed into something else. But I've apologized for the few times that's happened and everyone was fine with it. They know that if it was urgent, then, you know, Teams still has the 
function where if you call somebody, it, it rings like a telephone. It scares everybody back to the dark ages. So I was wondering if the Slack one is is by design so that you can kind of ignore it. And then that way, if you like really need someone, you can be like, Psst, hey, can you can you join the huddle, please? We need you. Yeah, because Slack has calls and huddles. And they're two separate concepts that like they're very similar, but a call can have video. A huddle can't have video. It can have screen sharing, but no video. Um, and, um, yeah, and a, a call, however, will ring like a regular sort of phone type thing, like FaceTime. Or they're adding it. Yeah. By the yeah. time you listen to this, there may be video in huddles and Slack. I saw some, I, I saw I, some announcements. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with them adding video, but honestly, like it, it just works as a really like easy way to talk to people at work, um, and, you know, be able to share information quickly so that we can solve whatever the problem is, which often involves a little bit of automation. Um, but yeah, back to um, your your uh, automations with the uh, focus modes. So this is something I've found to be a little bit of a minor flaw with focus modes, because if you go into settings and focus modes and you use the scheduling there, which you said you do, um, then you don't get the option of saying, but not on a bank holiday or a holiday for Americans, you know, days where you're not supposed to be working or when I've actually got holiday booked or vacation um do you have anything in place to handle that or do you just manually disable the focus modes when they they pop up um on those days so the good news is as i I, i've thought about this because um because obviously i don't want to be um invasive to myself in in Mm -hmm. such cases and so um the the good news is is that the light is at my desk so if i'm not at my desk i don't see the light that's cool um, it's also, you know, a do not disturb period that lasts 14 minutes at 9am at 9am on a holiday. I truly hope I'm doing something where I never even notice, um, yeah. the fact that this is, that this has happened. And if I do notice, I also hope that it's not a big deal. Um, yeah. I think that that's, um, th- that that's important. The one slightly invasive thing that I do is I have a 10am alarm every day called, did you take your meds? Question right. mark. Um, yeah. which labeling alarms, by the way, is, is required, uh, with every alarm, it's, every alarm should be labeled why it's an alarm. Uh, and I, the reason I set it for 10 AM is because on a weekend, like, even if I'm sleeping in, get it's 10 AM, get up like mm-hmm. that. Yep. It's, it's okay. Um, and, and, uh, and on a holiday. So, so 10 AM is kind of like my desired time to take my meds is of course like seven. Um, yeah. but in order to be gentle to myself, um, the 10 a.m. is kind of like the safety net, but also uh, a time that, you know, isn't going to be too early on a not working day. So yeah. I've thought about how I've scheduled my things and what those things do so mm-hmm. that if they are inappropriate, they're inappropriate in a way that is not problematic. Right. Yeah, that makes perfect sense because um, I have just a standard work focus mode that goes nine to five, Monday to Friday, um, just like Dolly Parton says. Um, and so what I have hmm. is I haven't the auto- part of the automation that's triggered when my work focus mode um, starts is um, it, it runs a shortcut and that shortcut will return um, one or zero, um, depending on whether or not it is a day that I am uh, not working. One is a day that I'm not working and zero is a day that I am working. Um, and this is just done by checking the calendar. So it looks for, you know, um, all day events um, on um, the bank holiday calendar over here that don't include Scotland or Ireland um, in brackets after the name because 
there are Scottish uh, specific bank holidays and Ireland specific bank holidays. I think Welsh specific bank holidays as well, but no England specific ones. Great. Um, and um, it also looks, um, I have a specific holiday calendar um, that I put all of my, my travel and, and, you know, not working days into. Um, so um, I, you know, I, I then check and if there's any results in that, then I just return, you know, a one. Um, and that means that, hey, you should turn off the work focus mode now and exit the shortcut. And then it, that's what that's what that does. Um, and then, uh, you know, otherwise it just continues with the rest of my shortcut, which goes through the, you know, previously setting home screens and, and watch faces, which is now part of the the automation um, in the focus mode settings itself in iOS 16, which I love. Um, but then everything else, uh, you know, just happens, which is what I need for work. Yes. I love it. I was just looking, uh, you know, I was thinking another way to do this would be to, um, set a calendar alarm that triggers an Apple script, which I think you can still do. I, I haven't done it for a couple of years now, but you can have it open a file when you trigger an alarm in the Apple calendar app. I need to investigate this. Rose, have you ever played with this? But basically you've got to- Yeah, I have. And um, it's one of those things that a lot of the time, depending on what kind of calendar it is, so your calendar has to be a local calendar on your Mac. Yeah. Uh, this is this is something that is really, really important um, for that to work. It can't be um, like a, a, an iCloud calendar or something even, or Google Calendar, that doesn't work. Um, and then once you've added the event and you go back in, you try to edit it, then- there is probably, but not guaranteed, to be the option to add the the Apple script. So I don't do that. I just have um, anything that's um, scheduled for things like that. I have in Keyboard Maestro with a trigger um, for the right time, and and that that just deals with it for me. Well, the advantage of putting it on a calendar event, and, and the way it does is you open a file. They got rid of the run Apple script command that they used to have years ago, which I wish they had, but. I believe you can save a script file or an actual an app out of Automator. But, you know, how long is Automator going to be around? Well, you can save a shortcut to your doc, and then it gets put in your user's applications folder, and then that shortcut is just like a mini application that can be opened or run. Yeah, you could run that, and then that would trigger the focus mode. But the advantage of, getting back to the point, that the advantage of putting it on a calendar event is if you move the calendar event or cancel it. Let's right. say, you know, Scotty has a get-focused calendar event and he ties a script to it that triggers the focus mode. Mm. And and then, so today he's like, well, I can't do it at 9 o'clock today. I'm going to do it at 10 o'clock. And he just adjusts his calendar when he's setting his blocks. Then at 10 o'clock, the purple light comes on. Or he says, today I'm going to spend the day, you know, uh, you know, I don't know, watering the garden. I'm not going to do the focus stuff today. And you just delete it for that day. And then the light doesn't turn purple that day. So I feel like there's something to this. I need to dig into it, but Apple has definitely made triggering events, uh, triggering scripts with calendar events harder over the last few years. Yeah. I don't think many yeah. people were using it. No, no. So you, so you, so just for anybody who's listening, who wants to know, you have to add the event to your calendar. Then you add an alert, go all the way to the bottom of the list, custom, um, and then you can change it. And so it gives you an option um, for uh, it defaults to message with sound. Um, and then you can change that from message with sound to email and email yourself or somebody else. Um, and then there's open file. And my favorite part of this is the UI where you have much older macOS UI in the middle of some brand new macOS UI. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, what, so once you've changed it to open file, by the way, it defaults to opening your calendar at that time. So you'll need to then click on the calendar and click other. And then that's where you would choose 
for example, if you add a shortcut to your doc on macOS, then you can go into um, your user folder and then there's an applications folder inside of that. It has to be the applications folder in your user folder and any shortcuts you've added to your doc will appear in that folder. Um, then you could have that file open, which should, but is not guaranteed to depending on permissions, run it. And then you can change the time to be time of event, minutes, hours, days before or after or on a specific date. Um, but this does require your Mac to be always on. Um, and so I've, I've just delegated this to Keyboard Maestro because it ends up working working out a bit easier for me to manage things there. And then the way I would do this if I was doing it with a calendar event is I would just duplicate the event once I'd created it. So like yeah. if you're going to do the morning planning, just duplicate it a bunch of times. And as you're doing your weekly planning, you can copy a version from last week. So you don't have to go through all that every time. I'm going to test mm-hmm. it out. I'll report back on that. But I want to see how that works. Now, go switching to Keyboard Maestro as a basis for this. How does Keyboard Maestro allow you to do it when it adjusts to your changing calendar? I guess that because that's the problem. Well, I, I don't. Thinking. I don't do calendar based yeah. ones. I do time based ones. Um, yeah. And so um, it'll be um, a time like it'll have a trigger for the specific time. Um, and now I'm trying to remember, um, yeah, cause it's got a time of day trigger and you can filter it to specific days. Um, and if it's something that I only want to run once and then I, I don't want to run it again, then I will have a macro action at the end that will disable that macro. Um, yeah. and so then it won't get automatically triggered the next time, um, that rolls around. So if I have it set for, I don't know, uh, Friday at 6 PM, um, and then I don't want it to run the next Friday at 6 p.m. Then the last action in the macro will disable it. So if I forget to do it manually, you know, I don't actually need to even think about doing it manually. And next time I go to use it, I'll just change the time and the day that it's supposed to run on. Um, the only disadvantage with this setup is it only allows me to trigger it. Um, like I can only set it up just under a week in advance. So, you know, I, I can't set it for in 10 days time or similar. Um, but I'm sure there will be a way around that if I wanted to. Um, but I, I just haven't looked into that yet because scheduling things about a week in advance is about as far as my brain can handle at the moment. There's another tactic that I'll that I'll do here that isn't that isn't super dissimilar, but because you can run a shortcut from a URL, yeah. um, I have a I have either a text expander or Mac text replacement snippet that is like focus but with three S's, so that when I type that, it replaces it with the URL to a uh, shortcut that basically turns on a focus mode for me. Uh-huh. And then I can and then I can drop that URL in any place where it might be kind of handy to have it. So mm-hmm. if whether that's whether that's in a calendar event for myself or whether it's in you know a note or or what have you, um, I can just quickly leave that for myself so that when I open that and I need to get down to work, all I have to do is click that link and uh, the things will happen. That makes a lot of sense. I like that. I have something similar in in Bunch, which just I I use the um, the command line um, options to run uh, shortcuts at various times to start and stop focus modes. So the Bunch that I use to start recording automators, same as the one that I use for starting nested folders, started my podcasting focus mode. Um, and so you know that that worked really nicely for me, and it's certainly a good solution for a lot of people. I think. This episode of Automators is brought to you by Text Expander. When you work in a small team, every moment counts, so you don't want to be wasting your time finding video conferencing details to send to a new client or tracking down the same FAQs from the company website. These are the kind of things that you want at your fingertips so you can get work done faster. And that's why you need Text Expander. With Text Expander, you can access what you type the most with just a few keystrokes, allowing you to work faster and eliminate repetition, letting you focus on what matters most to you. Text Expander's powerful shortcuts and abbreviations streamline your team's work, 
All you have to do is type a shortcut abbreviation and Text Expander does the rest for you. You just build and collect your most commonly used phrases, messages, URLs, and more right within Text Expander. And then create your chosen abbreviation. And then wherever you type, that's where they'll be. You can even customize snippets by having them automatically add in dates, fill in the blank fields, timestamps, and more. This will make sure you keep the personality and the communication that you send. Text Expander is available on any device you choose across any app you use on Mac, Windows, Chrome, and iOS. I use Text Expander for all sorts of things, but recently I've been using it to help me out with some queries I've been running at work. Turns out that there's a lot of repetition, and it's much easier to type exists true when I just have to start typing EXI, and then I get to fill in the blank for true and false. It really boosts my productivity and eliminates all those problems that come with just those boring typos that we all make. If repetitive typing is getting you down, you need Text Expander. Check out at textexpander.com slash automators and you can get 20% off your first year. That's textexpander.com slash automators to say goodbye to repetitive typing. Our thanks to Text Expander for their support of this show. Scotty, you, in addition to uh, being a focus master, I know I'm putting words in your mouth, um, you also do a lot of recording and audio work and you've brought automation to bear. In fact, that's one of the main reasons we want to have you in today is talking about automation and audio. So let's kind of work through the process. Can you kind of give us an overview of what you're doing and then how automation fits in? Then we can start, you know, digging into the details. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I, I, I the beginning is the best place to start, you know, as, uh, as you both know, I don't know if your listeners are aware, I, I do another podcast called Nested Folders with uh, Rose. And we talk about um, the philosophies around uh, personal productivity and information management and self-care and how to you know uh, use some of those principles to do our best work and uh, love doing that. And I think that in a world where things can change really fast and so can schedules, um, you know, it, it, it's gotten to a point where I've needed to figure out some automation uh, in order to make the, you know, post-production process um, a lot easier on myself because I handle all of our, I, I handle all of our posts. So I do the cuts, the cleanups, uh, and the publication and, 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 and all of that sort of stuff. Um, but particularly in the audio editing part, um, I, I needed to figure out um, a way to make that easier from myself so that we could go from recording to ready to publish faster because we've ended up in a couple of spaces where because of our conflicting schedules or, 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 you know, weird life health changes, um, it, it, we had not necessarily had the, the amount of lead time that uh, I would love. And, and, and there have been a couple of cases where um, because of that, you know, some, some episodes went out a little bit later uh, than uh, normal. And so I thought, okay, well, we're going to need to figure out, some automation here and in order to make this less work. Uh, and so that's been, uh, I guess, uh, the, the impetus for, for this conversation is, is, is how I started going through that process and what that ended up looking like. All right. So let's start breaking it down. Well, you want to start with prep? Sure. I mean, I think a lot of the ability to do automation later comes from automation at the beginning. And, and mm -hmm. we talked a little bit earlier about the importance of automating decisions. And so I think that that is key. So um, the fact that Rose, you and I both sit and record from the same place in our relative yep. homes with the same devices that are set in the same sort of ways that are angled in the same sort of 
manners and we're sitting in the same kinds of chairs, that makes it really, really easy later because I know predictably, give or take, what the baseline of our sound is going to be because we Mm -hmm. always use these same manners for recording. And that, I think, is first and foremost. So when it comes to us having a conversation then and clicking the big red button, we are producing, give or take, a very similar recorded experience each time we do it, content aside, obviously. Yeah. Um, and, And so I think that that kind of automation is paramount because it means that I know how to predict what I'm going to be working with because we keep working the same way each time we record. And so right. I don't think we necessarily need to be prescriptive about like use this app or this mic or whatever. I think the key here is <laughs> pick that up, pick that mic, pick that chair, keep using the same damn one because yep. that is going to that is going to be everything later. Yeah, and I think that is, you know, really key because it is one of those things like you talked about earlier, those 10 minutes of planning really pay off throughout the day and you know people find this a lot of the time with work if they just if they if they have the time to sit down and and plan it out beforehand then often they can avoid you know repeating um doing things and having to go back or and redo something because it wasn't done right and this you know this this plays into a lot of things the same way that you know because we've set everything up to be the same every time you can reuse your presets um, which makes it a lot easier. And if there is a small environmental change, then it's a minor tweak um, rather than starting over from scratch every time because you've got a template essentially that you can use as your basis to get running. And you've nailed it right there. I mean, if if you don't automate anything else, an EQ preset is everything. And this is where I have to pay homage to my good pal, JF Brissett, who made this like at all possible um, and who helped me understand the various different settings that we should use in terms of tuning our, our voices and loudnesses and so on. He showed me so much and got me all set up in just the best ways. So JF, you're a star. Thank you. If you want to really automate audio, um, everybody should just get a JF. Um, <laughs> if you have that kind of EQ preset, then you have a wonderful baseline to work from. And that will do wonders in terms of making sure that um you're getting just just the best sound so like i said if you're if you're recording in predictably the same way um then yeah like like you said rose i'm just tweaking just the tiniest bit and yes i could have this in a template but i've actually found that what i do because i do um i do some uh sound uh editing in audacity uh before i bring uh, bring the uh, audio into ferrite and I do all mm-hmm. the editing on my iPad because I find that joyful. Um, I am actually duplicating the previous one right. because I found that using its most recent tweaks from the template are probably the most valid tweaks to make um, for this one. And I'll, I'll probably tweak it again, and then I'll probably tweak it again. And who knows? Maybe I'm going back and forth, and I'll end up exactly where I started at the preset. Um but I've but I found that starting from the last time I tweaked it is slightly more optimal than starting from the preset and tweaking it. So you are you do have a template. It's just the last episode is the template, which 
Yes. Uh, okay, so copy and paste is automation. Congratulations, you, you've discovered the secret. Um, Thank you. That, that it truly is, um, you know, duplicating something that you already have to, um, you know, take things out and, and modify it um, or turn it into a template if there is something that you can reuse again and again is a really great automation trick. You should, like, it, I find with all of these things, like starting completely from scratch is really difficult. Like, what should I set my presets to and so on and so forth. So, you know, going through that entire process, well, you've succeeded, you've done the process, the episode in this case is ready for release. So now that that is a template ready for the next time around, even if it's not a specific template file or you haven't named it template, it, it essentially is, which I think is a really great idea. That's very true. Uh, and then, I mean, is slightly more advanced in a, in a more templatey kind of way is the fact that you can set up um, Audacity calls them macros, which is essentially like a sequence of executed events. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have found this to be um, incredibly useful. So um, w- what I will do, uh, having all of the um, presets the way I like them, is I pull my local recording uh, for me into... Uh, audacity as an example i select a little bit of text where it is air quote silent uh, it's not silent probably my space heater is running or there's ambient sound um, but i select that and then uh, and then i run a macro so based on that selection audacity grabs a noise print and then it selects all and does noise reduction based on that noise print on everything mm-hmm. and then it converts to mono and so now i've got this ready to export wave file um, that I can pull into ferrite and and work with because it's already denoised and uh, and converted to mono so I'm not so I'm you know reducing the amount of of file size data that I'm moving around and uh, and then ferrite takes care of the um, EQing uh, and has wonderful functions for uh, strip silence and what it calls tightening uh, where it you know advances, uh, and you know, pulls together you know reactions and so on, so that uh, if there's a lengthy pause between you know you saying something and me saying something, or vice versa, uh, that that all gets uh, tightened up. And so, um, with with the audacity, you know, like near automated, fully automated like post processing, and then pull it into Ferrite in this you know as you say template with. Um, the silence stripped now and the reactions tightened, I, it's, it's almost done. Uh, so uh, all, all that remains at that point is for me to listen through because I do listen through every episode um, mm-hmm. before it goes out. Uh, and I use my pencil to just quickly you know, erase any... Um, you know, I, I missed one one time and the audience was very quick to remind me, you know, like if you're taking show notes on your clacky keyboard... Uh, it makes it sound like you're not listening. So uh, <laughs> got to make sure that the the taking of show notes sounds are removed uh, from the background. Or if, you know, we do a uh, um, a retake on something because uh, I biffed a line or started stuttering too much, the ripple delete function is great because all I have to do is swipe with my pencil on both lines, hit ripple delete on all tracks, and it pulls everything back to the point where I started deleting from. And, mm-hmm. and so it, I, I, get, I get to sit back with a pencil and an iPad and, and edit a podcast. It feels great. Uh, and then from there, you know, I've got, uh, um, because I'm using the last episode as a template, all the show art is already there. Um, I just have to update 
you know, the, the episode, you know, file title that I want. Uh, and then it exports from Ferrite right into, uh, right into MP3 files that are ready to distribute. And it's pretty, pretty lovely. That is pretty awesome. I feel like I just spewed out like a whole bunch of stuff there. Well, so I, I am very carefully trying to get some links on. for the show notes for people because um, <laughs> I think Ferrite is one of those that's, uh, that people haven't heard of all that much. And also, I think a lot of people don't think that it contains all that much automation um, because it is just containing the right tools to allow you to do things incredibly quickly as well as you know some sneaky little bits of automation which are disguised as functions like ripple delete um but i think you know one of the keys there really is you know the you know the duplication um and being able to copy and paste and reuse things because you've you've done it before so you know you've, you've got that set up ready to go and also you know great automation tip you know steal from steal from other people if somebody is sharing something with you is uh that's always uh, a nice one to be able to just take that um, and reuse it. I say all this stuff like it's easy and it's, it's not <laughs> like, I would say that I say this, it seems easy now because we're in what year three of, of this podcast. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I wouldn't say all these things suggesting like, Oh, here's how you go make a podcast tomorrow. It's so easy. No big deal. Um, I mean, you, you can, but I think, I think with that sort of production quality that, listeners expect that's harder. And, and so um, I, I hope none of this sounds like, oh, geez, gang, it's so simple. Why doesn't everyone do it? Cause it, cause it isn't, this is all born out of, you know, a, a couple of years of experience of setting all of these things up, making all of these kinds of decisions about how we're going to work and collaborate and how I will do all of my things locally. And then how, you know, all the editing things will happen you know, now it's now it's easy because all of those decisions have been made and the pieces put in place for it. But before that, it was not easy. Well, I, I do think it's interesting to think of automation beyond the normal tools. You know, we talk about things like Apple Script and Keyboard Maestro, yada yada yada. But there are a lot of pro level tools that do have their own automation built in. Like I'm not real familiar with Ferret. I do most of my audio stuff in Logic, but you know. This is news mm. to me. Like, I didn't realize some of these tools were already built for you. And whether you do it with a fancy script or the the software itself has a tool where you push a button and it automatically does all its magic, it's the same result. It's super funny, too, the role that necessity plays. Like, I forgot that we were deploying an episode on a particular week. I mixed up my weeks, you know, which, which week an episode was going out. And I was on holiday with my family and all I had with me was an iPad. So I had to figure it out. How am I going to do this on an iPad? Because previously, yeah, I'd been doing everything and uh, I'm, I'm not as fancy and and have uh, a, a Swank Logic setup, but I was using GarageBand and, you know, it's got, you know, some of the, you know, critical path elements of, of, of Logic there. But here I am in, in, you know, what is ostensibly the middle of nowhere with, with an iPad, thankfully an iPad pro, um, and I, and, and the task of making a podcast with nothing but this and, and some recorded audio. So necessity being the mother of invention helped quite a bit too, because it also made me discover that I really enjoy editing podcasts on a, uh, on an iPad because the advantage of pencil and being able to just scribble over the waveform that I don't care for. And then it goes away is quite lovely. I think that is something that, you know, 
it, it, it's really difficult, right? You have a setup um, and there is something to be said for it. I have a system and it works, so I'm not going to change it. Um, and that's, you know, if, if your system genuinely works, um, then, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes, you know, having to step outside of your comfort zone, being forced to step outside of it, of not being able to use the setup system allows you to find new tools and faster, more efficient ways of doing things or just ways of doing things which are more fun. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, what's the point in doing stuff if you're not enjoying it? And that's one of the reasons why I love automating things. You know, it might take me a good 45 minutes to sit down and figure out that macro to have, um, you know, the folder for the episode automatically created at the beginning because it pops up and asks me what the episode number is. So I type in the number and then it creates the folder. But then at the end of the show, when I've stopped the recording, it magically moves my files into that folder so that I don't need to worry about it. And then it opens that folder and shows that to me on screen. You know, that's the sort of thing that you end up getting when you do, you know, take a step back from, well, I have a system and it works to can I make this different or better or being forced to make it different or better, which, you know, I think I, I personally have found great benefit from. I'm sure, David, you've found a few uh, instances of, you know, stumbling across an automated solution because, you know, you accidentally did something or didn't do something and that created an opportunity. Yeah, I mean... It, it that's often the way I discover things, you know, just being, having a curious mind and, you know, something that Rose and I do, the reason we make a show called automators is we both get joy out of just trying things and not everybody who listens to the show does. And that's okay. You know, the kind of the point of the show is for us to give you the, the fruits of our explorations. Um, but, mm-hmm. but it is, it is delightful when something goes awry, but becomes better because of it. Yes, yes. So I'm sure we've all had instances with um, home automation in particular not working quite the way you expected. Um, that that That's always an interesting one. Why are my lights turning on or turning off while I'm sitting here? That's certainly a, hmm, I guess I'm going to go and see this as an opportunity to improve things um, and, you know, end up with, uh, well, actually, if you haven't eaten dinner at this time, then I'm going to flash living room lights so that you know that it's time to go and eat dinner um, or whatever it is, which, you know, is just even more fun. This episode of The Automators is brought to you by Electric. Unbury yourself from IT tasks and get a free pair of Beats Solo 3 wireless headphones when you schedule a qualifying meeting. Just go to electric.ai automators. Turning a small business into an empire takes work and you have to keep your ear to the ground for things that will help you take it to the next level. But this can be hard when your attention is pulled in different directions because that's the reality of being a boss. The team over at Electric knows small businesses, maybe like yours, face these challenges. That's why they've solved this problem for you by operating as your IT department. Instead of spending your time sorting through unused application licenses, setting up employee laptops, and answering never-ending IT questions from your team, you can build that empire. With Electric acting as your IT department, you can get back to what you're good at. Plus, you get a really cool IT platform to see and manage everything. If you're listening to the automators, that means you're a little geeky and that you have the answers to IT questions at your workplace. And the problem with that is you also have a job to do. I know I experienced that myself when I was at the law firm. Everybody came to me for their IT questions, and it was like I had a second job that I wasn't getting paid for. If you own or run a business, it's even worse because then they really expect you to stop and answer every question when you need to focus on the business. You can solve that problem with Electric. 
For Automator's listeners, Electric is offering a free pair of Beats Solo 3 headphones for taking a qualified meeting. Just go to electric.ai slash automators. Once again, that's electric.ai slash automators. Go there now and get your free pair of Beats Solo 3 headphones today for scheduling your meeting. And our thanks to Electric for their support of the automators. So, Scotty, I know that, you know, We've talked focus modes with some home automation and, and podcasting, but I know that you also really love Agenda um, and that you have been doing some really cool stuff with this because I remember you telling me that you were finding, you know, great ways to get stuff um, out of reminders and do things in, in ways that were really tricky for a lot of people to do. And you were trying to put it together in a shortcut that everybody could download. And I believe that that is out now. So can you tell us how you are automating things with Agenda? And maybe for people who don't know uh, what the Agenda app is. Sure. I mean, Agenda is a notes app that is entirely date focused. So every note is tied to the day in which it was created. And you can even tie it to a specific calendar event and Mm -hmm. link the two so that you've got that sort of correlation going on between. between calendar and agenda itself. Um, agenda has also introduced a lot of you know, sort of quick actions where you can you can tie um, agenda lines in a note to a specific reminder. So there's this like reminders and calendars integration that's, that's really cool. Um, but what I love most, most probably, is the URL scheme that it's got. Now, I, I mean, of course, I would love it so much if there was, you know, native shortcuts uh, actions but the URL scheme is easy enough to learn and understand. And I think that that, uh, that makes it really possible to do some great uh, repeatable things. And probably the most, again, going back to decision automation, is having a daily note for myself about my plan for the day that is predictably titled Wednesday, July 6th. <laughs> don't know what day of the week is a wednesday yeah uh hang on which where am i in time yeah so it's always got the same format in the date at the start that's right it is it is always titled e e e e m m m m small d comma y y y y which means it is always going to be you know saturday september 3rd comma 2022 which means that if I want to use automation to append anything to that, mm-hmm. I always know what a note is going to be titled every day. Right. So I don't have to worry about that. So if I've got like an automation that scoops up an OmniFocus task and appends it to the note, I know the note to target because I know its title. Right. Uh, and it will always be valid. It will always be correct. And I can automate in that way. And I found that to be just absolutely wonderful. Um and, yeah. and, and then again, you know, having decisions about how are things going to be presented to me and do I want to, you know, maybe preface them with emojis that mean certain things to me and what items do I want presented to me as checklist items and agenda so that I can check them off. And now there's no automation, unfortunately, that means that, you know, if I check it off here, it, it completes the task in OmniFocus or it, or it marks the reminder as completed, but that's okay. Clicking a check circle is okay. I can, I can do that. But having it, giving myself a little interface about all of those things and putting them in one place for myself as part of a plan uh, is a, is a really great way of of making sure that I don't miss anything uh, and that I'm that I'm setting myself up for for success on a given particular day. 
Yeah, that makes uh, a lot of sense because, you know, even if you use um, an application that has support for, um, you know, unique IDs for a note, you then have to store that unique ID to be able to look it up somewhere when you want to append something to it. So by always using the same um, title format in something that you can easily recreate because it's the date, um, then then that, you know, that just kind of solves that problem entirely. There's no looking it up. It's, you know, you're just saying, hey, the, the note with this title. I'm presuming if you had multiple notes with the same title and agenda, you might run into an issue, but also that you you wouldn't do that because, you know, you, you give the notes a specific title for reasons so that you can find them again later, um, which which really makes sense. It, it's sort of a interactive dashboard of your day um, from, you know, I've played with this a few times and, and I, I really like it and I'm customizing it a bit to to try and do some some different things. But, you know, this looks to me like a, a lot of what people do with Obsidian and, and similar as well. So you have, you know, just your overview of this is today. You know, you have all the systems which give you all that data and then this just pulls it in so that you can focus, going back to the the focus modes mm-hmm. that we talked about at the beginning on, on what is it that is actually important for today, not next week, next year, or next century. Well, and in the second level of agenda inception, one of the things that I built with this that I'm really, really quite proud of, because it took a while to figure out the URL encoding to be able to do this, is that next to each of the calendar items for my day is a little link that, when clicked, creates a new note in agenda linked to that calendar item and pre-populated with the uh, that calendar items, you know, event title, location, and meeting notes, or like notes that are in the calendar. Nice. So I I can I can start a meeting just by cl- clicking that link, and now I've got a place for notes for that thing to go. So I can do everything that I want to do from this thing, like you said, dashboard for my day. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to steal that um, <laughs> because I'm a great artist, and I found that that is a fantastic way to not just have my day set up but also for me to be able to do the things throughout the day that I can, that I predictably will do. You know, if I have this meeting at one o'clock about this project update, yep, I'm going to take notes there. So of course it would make sense for me to, you know, make it easy for me to be able to do that. When the time comes, I can just click that link and a note will be made. Now I could have the shortcut at the beginning and say, you know, which of the events today would you already like to generate a note for? Mm-hmm. I, I I guess, but I what I really want is for running that daily log to be non-interactive. Yeah. That because if I get lost in a sea of like which things would you like to include? Well, now I'm gonna now you have drift to think off about into it. Thoughtland. This is yeah. yeah. The, running the shortcut, I do the thinking after I have the content in front of me. Yeah. Not before because I think that trying to predict the content that will be useful um, means that I'm in the frame of mind of trying to guess what content will be useful instead of using the content yeah. and seeing what resonates with me or not. So of avoiding that, you know, trying to pre-decide because I, even if I'm right, I wasted time getting to being right. And if I'm wrong, there's zero cost to that. All I have to do is ignore it. Yes. Or, or delete it. The backspace key is free and you can hit it as many times as you like. 
Yes. Um, and the other thing is, is then if you, you know, you start the day thinking, oh, right, this is just going to be like a, a five minute, you know, ad hoc um, chat with this person. We just put it in the calendar because we, you know, never seem to just be free at the same time. And then it turns out that there's a thing that you need to discuss and you want to put it into the notes for that. And you don't have a note for that. You still have to somehow create the note, right? So this this allows you to just create the note, you know, you're in the meeting and yes, actually, I do want to take some notes on this, tap it and you have a note. My only question is, is if that note already exists, will it open it or does it always create a new note for that meeting? It always creates a new note because really what I've done is I've pre-prescribed a link that goes mm -hmm. in there that is using the agenda URL scheme to create yeah. a new note. So Fair enough. Yeah. it is, it, it is, uh, yeah, it's not, it's not smart. It's just a link that says create a note based on this calendar event. Well, I think I, I have some homework for the uh, wonderful developers um, of Agenda, which is have, give Scotty an open or create um, URL scheme. So it can open <clears throat> a note oh if it goodness. exists with a specific title for a specific day and time. Um, and if it doesn't, then it'll create it. There we go. And then everything that you you have the create function on, you can just turn it into open slash create, open or create. And Hopefully, hopefully it will magically work. Um, and I'm sure that'll be very easy for them to do and they'll have it done, you know, before lunch. Um, yeah. Not. Um, Drew and Alex, I am so sorry. I did not, <laughs> did not ask her to say that. The, the, no. <laughs> these, 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 these people, uh, uh, I, Drew and Alex who develop Agenda are also amazing. And, and part of Agenda's value to me is, is the community around it. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's true of a lot of the apps that I choose to use, right? Like Drafts has an amazing community around it. Um, OmniFocus has an amazing community around it. There's there's just so many elements, I think, of, of picking an app that aren't just, uh, how does it look? How does it feel? How do I use it? What can it do? Um, how does it integrate with the other things that I use? Can I automate it? But also, can I learn about it with other people? And can yes. I be a part of something bigger there's a real purpose driven element i think that goes into my selection of apps these days and 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 i enjoy that quite a bit yes and i think that 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 goes into the like can i google this right you know if you're if you're looking yeah. to buy something like you try it like before you go and you buy a big expensive thing or you embark on a, a really big crazy project you you do a bit of research right and having a community around an app um you know allows you to do that um, and it also means that people will just talk about it and share ideas. Like I actually have an idea that solves the open or create problem, though it does potentially slow things down, which depending on, you know, how quickly you need that note when you're, when you tap on that link, you, you may or may not want, but instead of running an agenda URL, run a shortcuts URL, which looks for a note with those parameters and opens it if it exists. And if it doesn't, then it does the create with the URL scheme because I think um, I think agendas URL schemes can like find a note if I remember correctly. Mm, not yet. They, they've started down this path. They've um, they've they've got a URL scheme that uses uh, that will fetch like a project ID or a um, category ID based on where you are in the in the app. I think, um, but not a full blown. You know, can I can I read and, and find and if yes and if no, but I but I know that they're thinking about it and you know mm -hmm. uh, maybe that maybe that comes to fruition someday. I, th I think that would be pretty cool to have the ability to sniff into a database and then do different things based on what what you find out of that, um, but just not 
not quite yet. That's fair enough. And what I really like about this shortcut as well is some people, you know, we've got a lot of Obsidian users in the audience and I'm sure we've got some some Rome users and, you know, we've got DevonThink users. You can actually take exactly what you've done here um, and repurpose it for any of those applications. You know, DevonThink has really well-documented URL scheme support. Um, Obsidian has URL scheme support, um, though you might want one of the extra um, uh, plugins for that to improve it. And, you know, I'm sure for a lot of applications that people are using, um, it'll either have URL scheme support or shortcut support or AppleScript support or something. And uh, yeah, you you can run an AppleScript, um, you know, quite easily through a URL scheme, you know, either wrap it in a shortcut or something. Um, so, you know, I, th- I think that this, you know, creating an interactive dashboard for your day automatically, which, you know, shows you what you need but it's also not automatically updating necessarily because that's one of the things that i hate right you're looking at something and just as like your eyes have found the bit that you need and focused on it it disappears in front of you Mm. um and and that that can be really tricky and you know going back and looking you know as i've gone through my day and having for example um a meeting crossed through because it, it it's in the past okay but actually it didn't happen because we were all like coming out of another meeting and we were like, okay, like we need time to go grab some lunch um, and take a brain break before we come back to this. We'll just postpone this, but nobody's updated the calendar event because there are three of us involved. Um, So, you know, and it's been automatically crossed out and now I can't do the thing with it or it's just hidden from me that that can be quite frustrating. So I, I like the semi static nature of this, the fact that, you know, it's created and that's what it was like at that point in time. Because I'm, I'm guessing there's nothing stopping you running this for a second time in that day, and prefixing or you know prefixing or suffixing the the title of the the first one with original, and so that you've then got you know version 2.0 um, of your day. If something significantly changes at like 10:30 in the morning, um, then you can do that again. It's true, I could, uh, but uh, because I will also append things to it um, mm-hmm. based on on the day, um, I, w- I would prefer not to. I also like the fact that it is a, a snapshot because then you know if a meeting cancels or reschedules, yeah. well then I'll go to that line, I'll, I'll select the text and put it in strike through, uh, and then yep. that way, it, like later, I know. So it's uh, the fact that it is a snapshot honors what my plan was at the beginning of the day, and then I can look at the note and see throughout the day what 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 happened. Certainly by the time this is heard by anyone, it will also be posted on my blog. I'll get you a link to put in show notes, is uh, my rapid log shortcut, which does exactly that. It uh, appends to today's note. And mm-hmm. based on whether that what I rapid log is prefixed by a dash or not, it will also make a task in either OmniFocus or Reminders, whatever whatever you like. I'll, I'll, probably, dis- I'll probably share it as, um, link for reminders so that no one feels compelled to have to um, uh, purchase or, or download OmniFocus if you're not an OmniFocus user like I am. Um, but it'll create a reminder in reminders, and then it will create the task uh, as like a checkmark item in agenda mm-hmm. at, with the body of the text linked to the reminder uh, in reminders. So you could just click it and uh, and and go there. That way you can see the a task in either place, either in your agenda dashboard for the day or mm-hmm. in, um, or in uh, reminders. Uh, and then it also honors um, inline, uh, let's say task paper styling. So that mm-hmm. if I was to type, you know, dash 
pick up the groceries at flagged at errands. Uh, it will it will make the task in reminders flagged with the title, you know, pick up whatever I said it was, and with the tag of errands uh, already already done for you, and then also added in agenda, but without any of that task papery stuff. It'll just say, right. you know, pick up groceries with with a with a checkmark circle, but the text is linked to reminders. Um, I, I, and again, I, also also OmniFocus, but I think that that is uh, a really cool way for me to not have to worry about uh, when I add something or when I have a thought, where does it go? Um, because not only am I uh, adding these things into you know an uh, appended to a, a a note for my day, but they're also automatically prefixed with a timestamp. So I have a sense of when in the day I logged that so that I know what I was thinking at the time. And it allows yeah. me to see, oh, wow, uh, these eight things were all added at 9.54 p.m. Okay, I must be doing some thinking at 9.54 p.m. then. How do I either move that thinking into a better time of day for me or honor the fact that I'm doing a lot of thinking at 9.54 p.m. and, and create a uh, automated focus mode for that or something. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, yeah, particularly like, you know, the the linking back um, from that. So, you know, you're, you're just snapshotting that you you captured that thing. You're not necessarily having to snapshot that you did the thing. Um, but you can go and see it. And if it's, you know, been assigned a date or it transformed since then, um, then, you know, you'll you'll have you know, the the latest version of that plus what it originally was. Um, and also, I, th- I think a lot of people will appreciate that you're sharing it as a reminders action because reminders is on everyone's devices. And the one thing I wish shortcuts could do is give you sort of like a preview of what the shortcut action might be like for um, an app that you don't have installed. Because right now, if I downloaded, mm. um, I don't know... Um, a awesome new app um, or a shortcut that contained awesome new app shortcut action. Um, I would have absolutely no idea what even app that that action came from, uh, let alone what action that is. Um, and if I downloaded the the app, that it would be magically auto updated. But I'd have to I'd have to have some kind of information uh, for that to start with, um, which at the moment sadly I don't. But I mean, hopefully the the shortcuts team will be uh, able to work on that at some point in the future. Even just telling me what what app that action is from would be a really great start to know um you know where where i can go get that and try it out i wonder if app clips could be used for that sort of thing Mm, that would be an interesting idea like when you download a shortcut if you don't have the app for the the action it automatically puts a tiny app clip on your device that would just sort of like it it's just sort of simulates what that action looks like but it then like has a strike through and or a little red icon on it that says you know download the app um to get this action or something could be nice agenda is a, a really powerful application and we just have this abundance of riches now there's so many great apps out there i mean we talk too much probably about obsidian but there's a whole world of like linked note apps showing up with various levels of you know user interface and automation tools, I'm glad uh, you were able to share that with us today because we haven't had anybody on to talk about Agenda, and I think that is an app that is definitely worth considering. Either way, we are the Automators Podcast. You can find us over at relay.fm/automators. You can check out our forums over at talk.automators.fm. Scotty, where do people find you? 
I may be found on the internet at heyscottyj.com or by the same name at heyscottyj on Twitter. And of course, uh, as part of Nested Folders at nestedfolderspodcast.com. All right. Thanks to our sponsors, Text Expander and Electric. We'll see you next time. Goodbye, everyone.